The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, coming to you today on Friday, October 18th, a couple of days before your New York Giants face the Arizona Cardinals in a key Week 7 matchup for the Giants as at two and four, they try to, uh, to stay in the NFC East race, only a game behind both the Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles. As we get closer and closer to the, the midpoint of the 2019 NFL season, few things to uh, talk about today. And the first one is something, uh, generated from the Thursday night football game in which Kansas City quarterback Patrick Mahomes suffered what I believe has been termed a fractured kneecap, uh, has led to some speculation at SB Nation's Arrowhead Pride and other places that the Chiefs might want to explore trading for uh, Giants veteran, now backup quarterback, Eli Manning. Listen, uh, you know, I get that. I get the idea that Manning is a guy who, who might be out there and might help the Chiefs. But my take on that is that, you know, Eli Manning to the Chiefs is something that, uh, that I seriously doubt is going to happen. Listen, initial reports on Mahomes are that he will be out for roughly three weeks. First and foremost, Eli Manning has a no trade clause. Uh, in case, uh, you know, I, I think I've mentioned that before. I know I've written it at Big Blue View. Eli Manning controls this situation. If he wants to stay in New Jersey for the rest of the year, he'll do that. If he wants to, uh, to be open to the possibility of moving to a, a contending team, you know, before the, uh, the October 29th trade deadline, obviously, which is coming up uh, in less than two weeks now, you know, then, then he'll do that. I don't, however, think that a situation like this in Kansas City is one that Eli would be willing to entertain. This is a short-term situation. Mahomes is expected back, you know, within a month, within three weeks. I don't see Eli as, you know, being willing to 
to go into a situation where he's the quarterback somewhere for a couple of weeks and then sits the bench for the rest of the year as the backup you know, in a, in a city, in a place that he's not familiar with. If he's going to do that, I think he'll prefer to do that with the Giants, with, uh, you know, where his wife and his children live in New Jersey, where he's comfortable, where he spent his career. I think there is something with Eli that, uh, about staying with the Giants that is important to him. I could see, Manning, if this were a season-ending injury for Patrick Mahomes or if you get a season-ending injury to someone like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or even you know Mitchell Trubisky in Chicago, someplace where you have a team that is expected to be one of the, the teams contending for a title at the end of the year, I could see a situation where Manning might be tempted to say, you know, I will be I would be willing to go there for the remainder of the season but I don't see any way that Eli would accept a trade where he would be you know a fill in for 2 3 4 weeks and then uh, and then ride the pine for the rest of the season I just don't see that as a realistic option for for him at this point in time couple of other things to talk about uh, obviously we have Giants and Cardinals coming up this Sunday a little bit later on, you'll hear from Walter Mitchell of SB Nation's Revenge of the Birds. That's an interview that, that he and I recorded earlier in the week. And we'll break, uh, we'll break that matchup down, uh, as we get ready for Sunday. Couple of things to talk about, uh, there. On the injury front, uh, as I record this, it's still Friday morning. We know, we've seen reports that Sterling Shepard will not play. That's no surprise coming off his second concussion of the season. I would think that the Giants will wait as long as possible, that uh, that's going to take a while. I would think it still might be a few more weeks before we see Shepard play again. It does, however, look like Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram will be back in the lineup this week. Engram has been clear that he intends to play. Barkley's been a little bit more cryptic, probably because he's being told to be that way. But all indications are that Barkley will be playing on Sunday. Obviously, the presence of both of those guys, the two biggest playmakers that the Giants really have on offense, is a huge thing for, for Daniel Jones. It's a huge thing for the Giants. Defensively, obviously, we know that... Uh, that Kyler Murray and the Arizona offense is an interesting, different kind of a matchup for the Giants. We've studied that at Big Blue View all week. We've studied, with the help of Mark Schofield, Daniel Jones, and Kyler Murray. I would encourage you guys to to check out the Giants-Cardinals story stream at Big Blue View. See all of our coverage this week leading up to uh, to Sunday's game. Lots of good analysis, lots of good features, a couple of good pieces on David Mayo, pieces on Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray, good breakdowns of when the Giants have the ball, when the Cardinals have the ball, lots of good stuff for you, so please check that out. Let's uh, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors right now, and when we come back, we'll hear from Walter Mitchell of SB Nation's Revenge of the Birds. 
All right, I'm joined now by Walter Mitchell of SB Nation's Revenge of the Birds, which covers the Arizona Cardinals. Walter is the site's deputy editor, and and we'll talk a little bit about Sunday's matchup. Walter, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you, Ed. It's a pleasure. So, obviously, when we talk about Giants-Cardinals, the place to start has to be at quarterback. You've got Kyler Murray, the first overall pick in the draft versus Daniel Jones, the sixth overall pick in the draft. I mean, how much are you actually looking forward to uh, to seeing those two young men, you know, on the field together for the first time? I think it's going to be exciting. Uh, Both young quarterbacks are playing well. And um, they're of different styles, obviously. Um, And... uh, Surround, both are surrounded by some pretty um, good talent, assuming that the Giants get back Saquon Barkley and, um, <clears throat> and, the, and the others who have been out. Um, so, and we have Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk will probably be back for this game. Um, so that's a bonus for us. And of course, David Johnson and Chase Edmonds at running back. So, um, I think it's going to be an exciting game, and uh, the fans are going to get their money money's worth. Let's talk a little bit about Kyler Murray. Obviously, everybody knows what he did last year at Oklahoma, and we know the, what the questions were about Murray. You know, when the Cardinals drafted him, what has he done? And obviously, you can't judge a quarterback, you know, a quarterback's future, what he will be at this early point but what has he done so far to answer some of those questions and and what are your thoughts on him on him so far well in his very first start he 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 and the offense um were slowed down considerably by the lions man pesky man to man coverage and uh but in the fourth quarter murray brought the cardinals back from an 18 point deficit to tie the game and the game wound up being a tie at the end of overtime, which is, as it looks now is, was a pretty good tie. If ties can be pretty good because the lions uh, have been playing well. If you saw their game last night, they kind of got robbed out of that one um, or they would have been three, one and one right now. Um, But uh, every week seems to be, a stepping stone um up until last week we had trouble scoring in the in the red zone touchdowns that is we're kicking a lot of field goals with zane gonzalez but um last week we had when we got in the red zone we scored uh the cardinals scored four touchdowns and two field goals which was significant progress um in that area and murray also in recent weeks has been stepping up his uh scrambling um and, and running game um he at the end of the game he iced the game um <clears throat> against the falcons with a five-yard scamper to the sticks um <clears throat> and thus preventing a, a punt back to matt ryan and the falcons who were at that point very hot and uh um so the combination of and he gets rid of the ball quickly um, much of the Cardinals' offense is predicated on 
precise, quick passing, and then uh, to try to suck the defense up, and then they'll try to try to beat you over the top. But he's very athletic. He's got some size liability, you know, issues. I wouldn't call them liabilities necessarily because he seems to be handling pretty well. But in recent weeks too, is he's throwing the ball away and not getting sacked. Only one sack in sack in the last two games, which is good. So um, he seems to be making incremental progress, and he's a humble kid, and he's fun to watch. He's pretty pretty electric. Well, we know Sunday's going to be fun to watch with the two young quarterbacks. Walter, I need to ask you, the Cardinals are doing some things on offense that are unusual in the NFL, and obviously that makes sense with the quarterback that they have. Just tell us a little bit about, about the Cardinals' offense and, and what they are doing. Well, it's I call it the K-Raid for Kingsbury's uh, version of the – Cliff Kingsbury's version of the – air raid offense, which um, he's incorporated some NFL elements into uh, with uh, his um, offensive or his quarterback coach, Tom Clements, and his offensive line coach, um, Sean Kugler, um, who have, you know, many years of NFL experience. So he, he's tried to, you know, you'll see Murray um, get under center every now and then and They'll run a, you know, some power running game, game uh, plays uh, to David Johnson or Chase Edmonds. But usually, even then, it's combined with a um, jet sweep option, all kinds of elaborate motions to kind of, um, you know, uh, misdirect the linebackers or get them uh, moving um, either way into space. Uh, so there's a lot of motion with with flankers and wide receivers and running backs um last week we played more of a um the tight ends more than usual um so each week he seems to cater his attack to the opponents um and there's a lot of uh you know quick wide receiver hitch screens um he tries to throw screens to both sides fake screen one way throw screen another a lot of misdirection ed um trying to kind of keep the defense off balance. And I think the general um, theory is they want to sort of, you know, uh, you know, what do they say? You know, nickel and dime you into playing up and then they want to try to attack you over the top. So um, a lot of misdirection, um, which is, uh, you know, it's interesting to see where the ball goes and they've got an athletic quarterback who can, who can uh, make plays on the move as well. So, All right, so what I need to ask you about next, we talked about Kyler Murray. We've talked a little bit about the offense at this point. What I need to, to really ask you about is Cliff Kingsbury. Obviously, hiring Kingsbury was a, a controversial decision you know for the Cardinals moving on from from Steve Wilkes after only one year moving on from Josh Rosen after only one year what are your what are your thoughts on on Kingsbury as a a long-term viable NFL head coach at this point well just this morning um we learned that the Cardinals are now um, ranked in the top 10 of offenses after uh, six games. So 
that's that that gives us a you know inside look at how Kingsbury is adapting to the NFL game and I'd, I'd have to say thus far he's been quite a success I'm actually surprised Ed, that in his play calling and um, at times he's been extra conservative I was expecting to be him to take a little more uh, chances on fourth downs for example but he's very much into analytics in fact, last week I, it was surprising to hear he, him say that if Mur, you know, there was an instant, you know, there was a review of whether Murray had iced the game by getting the first down um, to the sticks, and the 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 play was confirmed, so the, the Cardinals got the first down. But Kingsbury said after the game that they were going to plan to go on go for it on fourth and and one if if Murray was short of the sticks which down in their territory in a one-point game would have been really gutsy. Um, but, you know, I think the analytics aspect of, of his coaching is very much a factor. Um, he has those situations sort of charted out. Um, I think if we can straighten out our defense, we're supposed to get a little more stability from Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator, um, and, and we were supposed to be better on that side of the ball, but the defense is ranked 30th in the league, and they just – every time the Cardinals seem to get a lead, they cough it right back, um, and uh, that's been an issue. Our, you know, we get Patrick Peterson back this week, which which should be a help, But uh, and we've got some talent on that side of the ball, but it's just not gelling, um, and I think that if – if Kingsbury gets the defense settled out and has a guy there that he can trust long-term as, as to your question, I think he'll be fine. I mean, he, his offense is very creative and uh, for the first time in, in years, Ed, I, I, you know, was always envious watching other teams that have creative um, offensive coordinators or head coaches and I was always envious of, you know, I'm never with the Cardinals going, boy, that was a clever play. Wow, they really pulled that one out of the hat. And uh, this year I've had more, you know, wow, what a clever play moments than I've had probably in the last five years of following the Cardinals. So I really like Kingsbury. He's a modest guy, um, not too full of himself. So I think that works well, too. The players seem to really like him. Larry Fitzgerald loves him. So, um, yeah, I think he's got a future. A lot of it will depend on whether, um, you know, we can get the defense straightened out. As you will see on Sunday, they're not playing very well. So so let's talk about that defense a little bit, Walter. Obviously, you get Patrick Peterson back. I think if I look at the stats, I think you guys are, are last or second to last in, in pass defense. I don't think the Cardinals have an interception so far this season. Obviously, Daniel Jones has thrown six of those in 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 four starts. Uh, you've got a couple of pass rushers in Chandler Jones and, and, and Terrell Suggs, but but what really is the story with with the with the Arizona defense so far? Well, if it's true to form, you're going to get the ball and go down and score a touchdown the first time you get it. Um, I, I have no idea why. Um, we come out in games playing soft zones that 
allow the opposing quarterback easy throws. Our inability to cover a tight end is now epic. I mean, we lead the league in giving up yards and catches to tight ends. So Evan Agram, um, if he's available, could have a huge day um, if they don't make adjustments there. It's just not a very aggressive um, cover defense. Now, here's what happens, though, but Joseph shows that he can make some adjustments. He kind of feels out the offense on the first drive and then um, typically on the first drive, we're giving up some chunk runs too, but then he'll tighten the screws in the running game. Um, we've gotten better at that, at stopping that in the second and third quarters. Um, but the, when he shifts into zone coverage, it's just, we don't have the kind of personnel, you know, to an athleticism on the, you know, second and third level to pull off zones the way like the Panthers or Seahawks do. Um, so, you know, and he's trying to play a lot of zone, I think probably because, you know, he hasn't hasn't, hasn't had Patrick Peterson um, to shadow the, the other team's top right wide receiver. But we do have a rookie in Byron Murphy who's played very well, in my opinion, um, and has a good future. Um, and now, so, yeah, it's it's – and then late in the game, our fourth quarter meltdowns have been – um, <clears throat> pretty bad against the Bengals. We had a 14 point lead late in that game. And then the defense gave up 14 points in about five minutes that, that, you know, turned the game in what looked like a lopsided game into a tie. And Murray had to march the team down in the final seconds to kick a game winning field goal. And then last week we had seven, a 17 point lead on the Falcons um in the fourth quarter uh or late in the third quarter and um the falcons scored 17 unanswered points um and uh to tie the game and then murray came down and we got a touchdown to go ahead 34 to 27 and then ryan got the ball back and went the length of the field and scored and then amazingly matt bryant who's usually automatic from extra points hooked the extra point and Cardinals got the ball and ran out the clock one by one point. So our defense late in early in games and late in games has been, been pretty bad. I'll tell you the truth. It's just, you know, it's, uh, I'm sure that I'm sure that giants fans. Yeah. I'm sure giants fans listen to that and think, all of that sounds a lot like what, what's happening to, to us on defense with the softer zones and, and things like that. I mean, the Giants have their own rookie cornerback in DeAndre Baker, who's who's learning learning the the NFL ropes a little bit. So it's it's interesting. You know, these two teams, development wise, are really two teams that are you know not only with the rookie quarterbacks, but with the de- with the developing defenses and that they're really two teams that are kind of in the same place. I agree. And then, of course, we have the link, the cardinal link to your defense with James Betcher. What are your thoughts on Betcher? Well, it's interesting. I was just about to ask you your thoughts on Betcher because he, he's he, he's become kind of a lightning rod here in New York because the defense, you know, he came to New York with 
with the reputation of being a really aggressive defensive coordinator, of having coordinated defenses in Arizona that that played really, really well. I think we're top 10 defenses for, for three years running. And last year's Giants defense was bad. This year's Giants defense is young and there's potential there. It's it's kind of an improving unit, but we haven't seen the kind of defense that Betcher had in Arizona. We haven't seen that in New York. And and there's there's some who might wonder, was he just a guy who happened to be gifted with some great players in Chandler Jones and Patrick Peterson and and, and Calais Campbell for a while and Marcus Golden when he was at his best and, and Dion Buchanan? Is he just a guy that was fortunate to have those players, or is he really a top-notch defensive coordinator who just doesn't have everything he needs yet? Yeah, great questions. Um, I have some perspective on that because um, I and many other Cardinal fans were disappointed when Todd Bowles left that Bruce Arians promoted James Betcher, who then had only had two or three years NFL experience as an assistant coach felt it was premature to, you know, promote him at the same time Ed, um, you know, Wade Phillips was available. Jim Schwartz was available. And I don't know if it was Bruce Arians hubris or whatever his own, like wanted, you know, he's big, he's high on developing his own coaching tree. Um, but amazingly, Tabs Betcher, and I have to tell you, don't look at the at the statistics on those those defenses because, um, you know, in his first year, it was a continuation. We had a very good defense, and we were thirteen and three in the regular season. But the defense wasn't playing that great, and um, to tell you the truth, and then in the in the uh, Two of the last three games, they got blown out at home by Seattle in week 17. Defense was horrible that day. And then in the NFC Championship game against Carolina, we just got waxed. Um, And and the defense was, uh, like, pushing and shoving each other on the sidelines. It was an epic meltdown. Um, You know, and and, uh, I think we gave up 49 points that day in Carolina. It's just an embarrassment. and that sort of carried over into the next season. Typically, um, what Betcher does a nice job of is in his three uh, four is he knows how to sell out to defend the run, so he can do that. But the the problem with his defenses in Arizona from from that point on were just you know very sporadic tackling, um, a lot of missed tackles. Uh, guys like Tyron Matthews stopped tackling in that defense, um, which caused the Cardinals to release him, which was kind of weird. So I think the older players weren't really um, stepping up the way we hope. Patrick Peterson hasn't wanted to tackle anybody in about five years. Um, and that I don't know if that will continue to be an issue with Vance Joseph. But um, just turned soft and um, – and unreliable on defense. And the reason why the stats sort of lie, lie is that the Cardinals offense was, you know, with David Johnson in, um, you know, 2016, or, you know, with 
go down on these long, time-consuming marches into the red zone and keep the ball away from the other offense. So total yards and things like that may have worked in the defensive favor, but um, I'm just not sure that Betcher is, you know, um, experienced enough to, uh, you know, match wits with the, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they do against the Cardinals. I mean, they they, they did play, uh, I thought, pretty solid defense against Tom Brady last Thursday night. I was impressed with the first half anyway, and then then they, they, they you know, the Patriots wore them out. But, uh, and Marcus Golden, we miss him. He's, uh, you know, he's a baller. <laughs> and we were very upset that, uh, that the Cardinals just didn't, do enough to re-sign him um and uh you know and, and then you've got some other pieces on there but i just i i'm i'm not i was never i never really understood why betcher um at his you know inexperience and i think he's just having normal growth pains for someone who really hasn't done all that much um up until the Cardinals hired him as defensive coordinator, he hadn't been a defensive coordinator anywhere, not in college and not not in the pros. So I think it's a matter of inexperience. I think he's got a fiery enough personality, but uh, and I think that he's a smart guy, but it takes time, as you probably know. And, you know, um, I think that's you're seeing some of that carryover on the Giants. Interesting stuff, Walter. Interesting stuff. I have one final question for you before we let you go. Today on Big Blue View, we have a feature from Matt Williamson, who used to work on the on the University of Pittsburgh staff and, and was involved in recruiting Larry Fitzgerald, who you guys obviously have had the pleasure of, of watching for, for more than a decade now. Just talk to me about Fitzgerald about what it's been like to to watch him for the last what is it 15 years now right and uh and just you know what he still brings to the table yeah it's you know um Cardinal fans have been so privileged to be able to watch Larry Fitzgerald Larry legend week after week um, he's the consummate pro, um, consummate teammate. Um, he's always picking other people up. Um, unlike Patrick Peterson, who said his number one goal is to wear a yellow jacket and not necessarily win a Super Bowl, um, Larry Fitzgerald's the complete opposite. Larry lives and breathes the hope for the hope of playing in another Super Bowl. Um, he's a team-oriented guy, um, and. You know, he's still playing at a very high level, which is a testament to his training regimen. Um, his training regimen is, is very Jerry Rice-esque. Um, and, you know, I mean, he's a big, you know, he's got such a wingspan and he's just got those Velcro hands. He catches everything in the triangle between the two hands, um, just as you teach it. You know, he's so fundamentally strong and he's tough. He plays tough. He lower will lower his shoulder. He'll take the hits and bounce right up. Um, you know, and he he doesn't he leaves it all out on the field. And normally, when guys get sixteen years in, 
they take a few plays off. Well, with Larry, he never takes a play off. He's now in an offense that I think he's really excited about. It's up tempo, and you know, for a guy his age, you think he might, he might want to slow it down a little bit, but he's actually hoping it goes faster. You'll see in between plays, it's a lot of no huddle, and they try to snap the ball quickly. And Larry's loving that. You know. So we're hoping he can play a couple more years beyond this one. And I think with as much fun as he's having this year, we that might be a decent, decent chance. Um, you know, he's he's now just he's second behind Rice for all time receptions. And at first it seemed like that was an impossible thing, you know, goal to ever achieve. But actually, even Rice said the other day that he thinks Larry can can beat his record if Larry sticks with it. So, um, yeah, we're we've been very blessed, Ed. Uh, you know, and, um, you know, I think it's kind of sad for you guys these days just to watch Eli Manning, who was in that same draft class, and has had you know, um, you know, he's a class guy as well. They both were um, co NFL. Um, you know, um, philanthropist of the year or whatever that award is, right? Where they uh, right just a couple of years ago. Yes, and um, you know they both meant so much to their franchise. It's kind of sad to see see Eli on the sidelines, but you know, um, <clears throat> with Daniel Jones in the fold now, it seems to make sense. All right. Hey, well, we'll be looking forward to uh, to Sunday's matchup, Walter. Thank you very, very much. I My hope pleasure. that uh, I hope that that your readers will check out that piece that that we have on on Big Blue View on on Fitzgerald as well. And uh, and and we'll talk to you again. Thank you much. Thanks, Ed. Best of luck to you and the Giants. All right, Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember to stop back here on Big Blue View Radio after Sunday's Giants-Cardinals game for the Chris and Joe show as Chris Flum and Joe DeLeon break down some initial thoughts, quick takes on the Giants-Cardinals result You know, from the game on Sunday. All right, please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View on all of your favorite podcast applications, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.